podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Kules. Welcome to the Barca Talk Cafe. I'm Gabriel Quiroga in Madrid, Spain. And every week, Mariana Guzman of Conexión Deportiva and the Ana de Barca podcast joins me from Barcelona. As we talk the latest about FC Barcelona and football from Spain, Mariana, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Hello. Happy Friday. I am exhausted from this week, but happy to be back here talking with you. And how are you? You were, you were here in Barcelona last like yesterday, last week. Yes, I was in Barcelona from Saturday, no, Friday to yesterday, essentially. Um, but Mariana was on the road for five weeks and I was just ready to come home. So I was going to stay this weekend, but I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it, Mariana. I, I just wanted to get home. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to work remotely this whole summer. So I was taking advantage of that. I was traveling through the north of France, Paris, Montpellier and Barcelona, obviously. But I, I was I was itching to come back home to Madrid, so I came back yesterday. And man, did I sleep well last night? Because you know I've been doing Airbnbs and I've been pl- I've been sleeping in places with other people like that were shared flats and stuff. And it's just nice to get back to my my own flat with my myself. You know, totally, so, totally, yeah, yeah. Totally. So how was your how was how was your mini vacation? It was cool. It was okay. I was um, at the beach like last week with my friends. Um, one of my best friends was having his birthday and everything. But I mean, it's like, it seems like I was never on vacation <laughs> because the <laughs> Monday was like back to office, back to normal. And it was so intense. So, yeah. so yes, I forgot my vacations. So they're, they're only in my memory. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy because you know, here in Spain, obviously, August is the biggest month for vacations where everyone takes vacations. And it just happens to coincide that La Liga started two weeks ago. So it's kind of this weird thing that happens uh, with the start of La Liga, because as I've been listening to other football podcasters and so forth, they're on vacation as well. So it's kind of this weird, everyone's trying to, you know, use their vacation, take their vacation and get, you know, obviously their batteries recharged for the season that's coming up. I feel that way too. And before we get into just kind of some of the the news items that we have, especially that you went to the charity match on Wednesday, really quick, just want to talk about our Patreon community. Uh, Just five bucks a month. You want to hear commercial free podcast, What's Up Community, a weekly trivia and scouting reports. And you obviously get you share pictures and videos from the matches. So if you want to be part of our What's Up Community, it's really great Uh, because it's also, you know, I feel during the match, you have someone that you can banter with, right? So and I, I feel like that is something really cool. But also the videos and photos that you share from the press box and stuff are really cool. So just wanted to mention that. Now, yesterday, Mariana, the biggest FC Barcelona news was the Champions League draw. And yeah. ojo, 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 right? What, you know, yeah. for, let's, let's talk about this group draw, obviously. Uh, you, know, you know, my desire and my wants and my wishes for Barcelona to do better in Champions League, especially with Xavi having a full year. But man, it is off to a tough, tough start, Mariana. Tell us a little bit about who's in the group and your first thoughts about this group of death. (laughs) I mean, the group of death. I mean, um, it's unbelievable. Um, Once again, FC Barcelona are facing Bayern. I mean, I cannot believe this is like, this is a destiny thing, you know? They have been, they have faced it like 13 times. And for, I mean, I think nine, 
Bayern has one, you know, yeah. two draws and two Barca wins. So it's like, I cannot believe this once again. I mean, it's like, oh, it, and it's, it's really soon, you know, like all of a sudden we have this complicated match, but we have a big difference from the last season is that now Lewandowski plays in our team. So yeah. it's like, um, things have changed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I was like, I cannot believe this. And um, with Inter de, de Milan, um, we have Lukaku there. Lukaku, we have, um, I mean, I know it's not an easy, you know, it's not an, uh, an easy at all. But to me, it was like all about Bayern. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I know Inter is, is a good team. Um, but I mean, it was like, I cannot believe it. Once again, we have Bayern in champions. I don't know how, how you felt when you saw the draw. I, I don't care about Bayern. I really don't. Oh, because, my God. You know, no, no, no. Are I don't. You, are you no, kidding no, no. me? No, no, I'm more nervous about Inter. I'm more nervous really? about Inter. Yeah, yeah, because mm, now, okay. because as you said, the group of death, there's no really easy way to get through this, right? It's yeah, very, yeah. very complicated. Very complicated, right? You know, before when we had Messi, obviously group stage and winning the group stage was pretty much a conclusion, essentially. Mm -hmm. And now with the way the transition of the team is and the way we've been performing ultimately in Champions League, I'm really, really nervous about this draw. Just because in best case scenarios, I just don't see a lot of victories here for Barcelona. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of ties. And more importantly, Mariana, how are they going to do on the road in these Champions League matches? Because we have seen in the last five years that we have been awful in both, you know, on the road with this team recently. Yeah. So I has there's I have no ultimate confidence that we can just go into Munich and really have a great performance and get a point out of there. Right. I like that to me already is a loss in Munich. Going to Munich is already a loss because I just I just don't feel that we are up to that standard yet of what Bayern is, you know, now inter is going to be complicated. You know, I could see five different scenarios, us, you know, getting the three points, us losing mm -hmm. three points, tying, yeah. um, you know, different ways like that. So again, I just really think it's really complicated. And again, you know, my, my biggest um, concern with this team in champions league is just trying to get victories and win through the group stage. Now, you know, as Chavi has a full preseason and everything, we're going to see if we can go through this Champions League gauntlet. But it's going to be very, very, very difficult. Uh, um, I don't agree with you about this Inter thing. I mean, they 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 played against Inter like in 2019, and Barcelona win both time. I know it's history. I know, but it's still it doesn't it doesn't I just, make really it quick. Feel, I, just, you know? I have one. I have one. I have one word for you. I know. Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. That's it, yeah, yeah, right? I, know. I, I know. mean, for all the things that you, you want to say about what happened in the past or you're not that concerned about Inter because Inter may not be mm -hmm. that strong, I just go back to Frankfurt. And that was just a couple months ago where Xavi had the team and we needed to win. It was a must-win situation and it did not come to fruition, both on the road and at home. So that's why I'm really concerned about this draw. Hmm, okay, okay. But um, still, my thing is with, <laughs> with Bayern Munich, definitely. I mean, um, to me, this is the most complicated, the, the tough, you know, um, rival. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
I know about Frankfurt and I know everything, you have a point. I mean, but I think, I want to think that this is a different team, that this is a stronger team. And it's like, okay, we are back from scratch. You know, I think that Barcelona has the ability um, with these signings, with all these Um, with players, with all these options, I think this season needs to be different. Um, to me, I, I, I don't, okay, I know about going to Munich, they're like, okay, that's a loss for sure, okay, maybe, but here, I think that in Camp Nou can be different, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just daydreaming. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being like really, really like um, optimistic, romantic, uh -huh. whatever. But here at the Camp Nou, I think things can be different. I, I really think so. Um, I mean, when you talk about, you know, this idea of rival, right? Uh -huh. But a rivalry means that we have been Bayern six times out of 12. And they've yeah. beaten us six times, but they've beaten us many, many times, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't even consider nine times actually. And that was with Messi, prime Messi, nine. you know. So this is the other thing that you I always think about with champions. We had prime Messi, and this was the results, right? And he was able to cover and make us look really above and beyond a great team. And we still only won three Champions Leagues with him, you know? So that's how I always look at it. This competition is so difficult. Who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, Mariana, with the World Cup coming in November, maybe some yeah. players are tapering down. I don't know what's going to happen. It's it's going to be so crazy this year with the schedule and the demand for these players. I just don't think it's so cut and dry that we automatically uh, win two matches against Inter. We win two matches against Pilsen, and we're fine into the group stage. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be very complicated. Each match, even the Pilsen matches, I think the road match at Pilsen is going to be really difficult because mm -hmm. I have not seen in the last 10 years where we can really go into a, a home, a, you know, ground away and really dominate and really take on like six nothing or four nothing like that. It just doesn't happen as much anymore. So that's what really concerns me. And it's like the schedule, the teams, you know, there's going to be a lot of things going on. And especially, you know, Whenever you compare our draw and then again with Real Madrid draw. Oh, yes. You know, it's like. People, people yesterday were like, I cannot believe these people were like, of course, always is the same year after year. Like we have the most complicated rivals. People were like really talking, talking trash talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? It's just the draw. And again. A lot of things are going to happen. There's going to be injuries, momentum, all these different things. So I'm just saying right now, I feel that we're going to come through the group stage, but it's going to be like on the last night getting the second place is how I see it. But, you know, I'm okay. that's how I'm, I'm being optimistic and realistic at the same time, I guess, you know, not too optimistic. So, okay. all right, uh, Mariana, the next thing I want to talk about, because especially since there's been two La Liga matches uh, yeah. with the I want to talk about the fullbacks really quick, because I. I'm just kind of getting a sense of, you know, what is Chavi trying to do with the defense and more importantly with the fullbacks? This is quite a debate online as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think Sergio Roberto should start at right back? Um, I don't know. Um, I have mixed feelings about this because at the friendly match, Sergio Roberto did a wonderful match. I mean, it was like, oh, you can do this. Oh, I like it. And it was like this new or 
best version of Sergi Roberto, you know? So if you ask me today, right after that friendly match, it's like, hmm, I think so. But I mean, if he can keep that level, you know, if he can be there like for the entire season, he should definitely start. But I don't know if he's going to do it, you know? I was like, I, I completely forgot how he can play, you know? And I don't know if you saw that friendly match. Will you see? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I did. Hmm. I mean, I, I think you have, he did look well, right? But at the, mm -hmm. at the same time, it's, you know, I think this is where the debate comes in is, do you want a three-back system or a four-back system? Obviously, Chavi's trying to go mix and match with both of those formations. Yeah. I ultimately think the four-back system is going to be the best for counterattacking defense. Mm -hmm. And also, if you have Arahu and Conde as the center backs, I just feel like they're better up the middle than having Arahu go on the right. And again, as we talked about before, you know, Chavi doesn't want to use Dest. And I'm not saying Dest is the answer. But at the same time, I think maybe Dest is a little bit faster than Sergio Roberto. But I think as a right back, you feel more confident that Sergio Roberto can possess the ball better uh, he doesn't really give you that much offensively but I'm okay with that because of what we have up front so do you think mm -hmm. that Chavi should lean more towards the four-back system having Arahu Conde in the middle and then maybe using um, Sergio Roberto on the right side I think um, and that's that's a point that I wanted to to talk I don't think this season is going to be like okay this is my four or my three system I think he's going to change you know match um every match i think for the rival for the players for everything he is going to change i don't know um maybe this season it's not gonna be like we can all predict the lineups and the system you know and i think this this is interesting because in a way you can surprise the the rival you know because they don't really know how what to expect when they're facing you so I think that Xavi is going to be changing in in this season a lot. I don't know if you agree with me or do you think he's only trying to 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 make his decision like okay, we're going to play that way. Yeah, I mean again with the last match against Real Sociedad, he didn't have Busquets and he went to a three-back system. So I don't know if that is the telltale sign because he didn't have Busquets, that's why he wanted to go with the 3 and the 4 in the middle. Because he did start off with a 4-3-3 in the first uh, game against Rayo Vallecano. So I don't know if Busquets is the is what's telling him, you know, exactly. of what formation to go. Because obviously uh, Busquets is so vital for him. Again, I, I still think Busquets is going to be the minutes leader this season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only reason he didn't play against Sociedad is because he got a red card. So again, yes, exactly. it's, that's, that's the only thing that's going to stop him. But, but you know... Again, I think I think right now Kool-Aid's want so much in fullbacks, right? They want someone who is ultra fast, someone who can go in the attack and then also be sound on defense. And, you know, we've been really lucky as Kool-Aid's to have Danny Alves and Jordi Alba in the most mm -hmm. recent with these, these fullbacks that were able to do that at an elite level. Now, Jordi Alba, you know my feelings about him. Yeah. Again, he's still a liability on defense because his speed has let him down because of age. I mean, that's a natural progression. And I also think that he doesn't add that much attacking wise. He just does a lot of crosses that don't go anywhere. So my question for you is, from what you have seen of Balde, 
do you think ultimately that he should start taking those minutes from Alba more and more? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I I think so. He is um he is good, you know, and I think he can he have the speed. He is young, so definitely to me that's like the ideal the ideal thing to do. But progressively, you know? Yeah. Like, because he needs to he needs to have like those minutes, the experience and but definitely yes. Again, I think with Balde's age, obviously you're going to have a lot of mistakes on defense, but I think his speed can make up for a lot of those things where Alba just can't do that anymore. And yeah. to me, I just want to see something new. I just want to see Alba get pushed, and I want Xavi to use Balde more. I'm not saying Balde is the complete solution for the future, but I like what I see. I would just like him to, you know, with Balde, obviously you see the highlights of him dribbling. He, he obviously has great dribbling skills. Obviously, yeah. just offensively, he just has to be more sound. And again, it's an issue because when we play these higher teams, as we just talked about Champions League, it is crucial not to have these mistakes on counterattacks when we're pressing so high. And so that's why it's so important to really get these fullback pairings down and understanding with the center backs of, I mean, especially Conde needs to get registered so that he can start playing these matches because he is yeah. so important because he's so young, so good, so fast. And I want to see that partnership with Arahu. So do you have any last things about the fullbacks of what you have seen so far in these early matches against FC Barcelona? No, um, I wanted to talk to you because um, a lot of people were like, what about this? What about this? I mean, this, this is... <laughs> history you know he's not gonna play he's like they're expecting him to leave to to take the money out of the the cell you know so definitely this is not going to be a part of the team we cannot count on this anymore and Xavi was really was um was completely honest with him Let's like I'm so sorry you're not gonna play you need to find a team and he was like no no I'm gonna work for my minutes and everything but it's like it's it's, there is no a solution, you know? Again, I I don't understand how we can just shove away fullbacks. You know, we don't have any. <laughs> so It's all about the money, basically. I know that. I know all that. But I know, yeah, yeah. I know. But at the same time, you know, as I always said, look in La Liga for really cheap fullbacks and develop them and put them in the athletic team and have them develop because – fullbacks are so hard to develop, you know, to get them uh, in your system to play really well. Just think about all the fullbacks we've had. You know, the first person I always think of is like Semedo. Remember how excited we were about Semedo? Mm -hmm. The speed, the physicality, the thing, he didn't even last, you know? Yeah. And if yeah. he can't do it, then how is like someone like Desk going to be able to do that where, you know, I just don't understand the non-confidence with Chabi. I mean, okay, yes, you may not have confidence with him to play but you have to develop him and try to coach him up because there are no other options at fullback you know you I mean yes you can go three back but that's not ideal in the long run you don't want to use Arahu as a right back for the for the remainder of the season again it's it's one of those things where I just think that Barcelona should constantly always be bringing in fullbacks every year you know yeah. in the youth system and as much as you can because that is a really hard position to get so again i really wanted des to get an opportunity to be coached and to go through the, the gauntlet to see if he can do something but obviously chavi has other plans so so we will see what happens with fullbacks for i guess the upcoming month especially with the upcoming matches that are coming chavi will have 
to experiment a little bit with Balde and Sergio Roberto and see what happens and, and see how we go forward with that. Uh, Mariana, let's get to the charity match that happened on Wednesday night against Man City. You were able to attend. Tell us about your experience, how to go, any highlights, lowlights. Yeah. What, tell us about the match. Well, I mean, the, the match was for raise funds and awareness for ALS, you know, for the research. And as you know, Juan Carlos Unzue, who was um, who is a former player, coach, and, and coach of Barcelona, did this uh, match. It's like the padrino, you know, of this event. He was diagnosed with the disease two years ago, and he he's been really public about the disease and how. I mean now. He can't walk. He's he's been going through a lot of changes, you know, for this disease. So the idea was, like I said, raise awareness and of course money. And it was a beautiful match. I mean, I must say that football, which was nice, was not the most important thing in that in that night. I mean, people were like supporting were like ninety one thousand people. I mean the Camino was like completely full. Um it was like a different feeling, you know, like people were there for a good reason for, for a nice cause. So it was it was wonderful. And Pepordiola was back in the camp now, which was amazing. I mean because people were like really making making him feel at home, you know. They were like, uh, with, um, like, yeah, Pep, you know, like all, like the entire match. And to me, like the most surprising thing, like I wasn't expecting was the Haaland ovation. You know, it was crazy when he was like, I'm warming up. People went crazy. The entire time he was warming up, he was like saying hello and everything to the people because people were crazy with him. And when he when he entered to to the match, you know, um, people were crazy. I don't know if you if you I don't know like suppose that was going to happen because to me it was a completely surprise. No, I would I would say that was surprising too. Um, yeah, because I mean I know Barcelona were interested, but I don't I don't know how close they were really. In signing him, you know, so yeah, you said you said an interesting point that there was ninety one thousand, and yeah. obviously the first match also had a, a good amount of people there. Do you think that has a lot to do with it? Also, with you know, obviously tourism back in Barcelona that also helps with the attendance. I, I, I you know, I understand that a lot of the associates mm-hmm. are coming because they're they're excited about you know Barcelona with Xavi as a coach and the team going forward. But I think also. You know, especially when I was in Barcelona this past week, you know, tourism is back and that also helps with this. I mean, it's great because, you know, a full stadium is a great stadium for Laporta and his board to get more money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it was, of course, like tourism in a way, but I think Celsius were like and, and fans were like they really wanted to be part of that cause, you know, like it was um, a charity thing and. Of course, it's Manchester City, you know. It's like, it's really interesting. People want to see, people want to see Pep. Everybody wants to see Haaland, Bernardo Silva. So yeah. I think it was like a lot of things, you know. It was like, okay, we're going to see 
Pep Guardiola right next to Xavi as a coach. I mean, <laughs> it was like pure goal. I was at the press conference after the match, and I was like, I felt like a five-year-old. It's like I cannot, <laughs> I cannot believe it because they did the, the press conference together. So it was like, I cannot believe this. They're together, they're talking. I mean, it's like... I don't know. It was it was wonderful. I mean, at the end of the day, it was like a lot of DNA Barça, you know, because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they try to they understand football in the same way. So to me, that was that was really really special. And I don't know if you saw because it, it went viral like on TikTok, but when the players they were like on the field, you know, like the only players who say who said hello to the to the um to the team from ALS was mm -hmm. Pedri and Araujo. I mean and it yeah. was so beautiful. You know, it's like they were like they're the captains of the future, you know, they're like they deserve this so bad. Um to me that was really special because all the other players were like, okay, I'm here, I'm flying, but to me that was really different. I don't know if you saw like on TikTok. Of course, and everything. of course. Yeah, you know, Ma like, Mariana, you know, you know, I'm addicted to TikTok, so of course it came yes. across my my feed. So, <laughs> no, I definitely saw it, and again, that's why you know further entrenches my love for Orahu. I mean, I think Orahu is he needs to be the captain. To me, it's just totally. It's clear as day, not only with his physical attributes of what he can do on the field, but also just little gestures that you see off the field, right? Like he went and and said hello to each of those um, patients, essentially. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that were on the, on the field watching the match. And so, again, I it was a great idea. Obviously, these charity matches sometimes, um, you know, I know they go to like UNICEF and some other uh, funds like that. That's usually the number one kind of charity that happens here in Europe. But I thought it was a really good cause. And obviously, Unsway to get both of these big teams. You know, usually with these charity matches, it's kind of, you know, like the the all-stars of Barcelona against the all-stars of Manchester United or something like this. And it's like, eh, they're not real players playing. It's players of yeah, past, yeah. right? But this mm -hmm. is something else. And I think, like you said, to get these two teams together, um, especially with the season already starting and, and getting this agreement, I think goes a long way to get more awareness for ALS because this disease is crazy. It's uh, it's life-threatening, you know, the way it, it, it invades your body and there's no cure. Yeah. And unfortunately, Unsue, you know, like you said, he can't walk anymore. And yeah, it doesn't seem like he has that much longer. But with the time that he has, like he's, he's spoken very publicly about that he has been blessed with this, um, you know, this disease to get it more awareness and to use his face and his fame to get more money. Because in Spain, it's really not really a thing. In the States, it's a bigger um I think there's more awareness in the States, but here mm. in Spain, no one really talks about it that much. And I think maybe because it's based on population, that type of thing, but, but yeah, it was a great event. And uh, Mariana, let's, let's wrap it up here. You know, the match this weekend against Valladolid, are you attending? Yes. What are your thoughts? Yes, Any initial I, thoughts? Um, I am. I am. Well, I think Barcelona needs to win this match with the <laughs> goals and uh, because it was a good match against Real Sociedad, but I think fans, yeah. In the Camp Nou wants to see goals, they want to see good football, they want to have some fun. So I think this is the perfect match to do it. Yeah, because again, remember in a couple seasons ago when they played at Valladolid, the mm -hmm. cesped or the grass at Valladolid they, they, was awful, right? So I always yeah, remember yeah. this as with this team at Valladolid. I mean, 
yes, I think the people are ready for an explosion and to have good, like a good party, you know, that I think that's yeah. what the fans really want. By the lead, is it going to be a tough opponent? And we'll see what happens uh, this weekend, Sunday night at 7.30 local time. Mariana, good to see you. We're back to this rhythm. The season is yes. upon us. <laughs> another <laughs> another season. So good to see you. Have a good weekend. Vamos hablando. You too. Bye-bye. Adeu. Podcast Network.